views and opinions on the following program are not necessarily those of the staff and management of Oldies 1079, WOLD, or SRN Communications. Thing, a show that's all about you with your host, Lauren Cardinal, a board-certified hypnotist and results coach. If you're looking to make a positive change this year, learn lifelong tools to reduce stress and be present. If you're stuck and need to remove the blocks that are from success and happiness in the areas of your life, or if you want to get a new perspective on things, well, it's time to talk to Lauren Cardinal. To talk to Lauren, call 732-748-1079. That's 732 732- 748-1079. And now, here's your host, Lauren Cardinal. Hello and good evening. Welcome to Here's the Thing. I'm your host, Lauren Cardinal, results coach and board certified hypnotherapist. I help my clients change using hypnosis, coaching, and a variety of other approaches to help them have a better life. So for those of you who were with me last week, welcome back. And welcome to those of you who are joining me for the first time. Last week, we discussed approaches to changing your limiting beliefs. We had a couple of great calls and even a write-in through email, which was great. So tonight, we'll be discussing positive communication. What it is, what it sounds like, how it can be useful, and how to put it into action. If you have a situation in which you believe having more positive communication could be beneficial and you'd like to talk it through, I'm taking your calls. Just please call in. The number is... 732-748-1079. Please remember to turn down your radio in the background. And please also remember that if you're feeling a little bit nervous or hesitant about calling in, you can use a different name, you can be anonymous, or you can email me by going to woldradio.com, find the on-air heading, and click on my picture to get to my website or link the email directly to me. You can use those links to reach me during the week as well. And if you'd like coaching around your specific issue or just want to learn more about hypnosis or book a session, you can call me at 973-418-2170. That's 973-418-2170. And tonight's show is brought to you by North Star Asset Management. They're investment advisors with over 30 years of investment experience, helping people create long-term success with their financial plans by choosing the appropriate withdrawal rate. North Star is located in Panther Valley, but you can reach out for more information. They make house calls, and they may even be able to make it out to you. So for more information, call 908-850-9991. That's 908-850-9991. 9991. You can ask for John or Andrew. So for WOLD Radio, you can listen online at www.woldradio.com. You can listen on your smartphone or your tablet through the free WOLD mobile app for your Apple device or through the TuneIn Radio app for your Android device. And you can always email the show at info at woldradio.com. So the topic for tonight, positive communication. What exactly is positive communication? Why should we care about it? Well, to look in the dictionary, Webster's Dictionary, positive. Positive means constructive, affirmative, encouraging, helpful, certain, clear. 
And communication is making understood, exchanging messages, connection. So if we think of positive communication as constructive connection, that explains what it is. And what we want, what are the types of things that we want in our communication? We want to be understood. We want to be treated with respect. We want to make that connection. And what are some of the things that we do now? Well, sometimes maybe we listen, but maybe we don't really listen. We listen to what people are saying, but we also listen to the thoughts that are racing in our heads and defend ourselves or rationalize or think about the grocery list. Or <laughs> Sometimes we may yell. We use low-energy words or phrases. We say hurtful things to deflect. We ignore or go silent. Maybe walk away. And I'm sure there are others. I'm sure you're thinking of some others right now. So, on the contrary, what does positive communication sound like? And how do we get to it? How do we do it? Well, there are a number of things that I'll go over with you. I'm just going to name the, the headings now. I'll go into each one of them a little bit more in depth. But for positive communication, we need respect. We need active listening. We can eliminate certain words. We need to be self-aware to prevent that button pushing. We learn to respond versus reacting. We remember that it's not personal. We acknowledge and validate. We change the energy of our words. And we keep in mind who we're speaking to. So going a little bit further in depth, when we think about respect, what does that mean? Well, in communication, it means no guilt, no shame, no sarcasm. Because speaking disrespectfully breaks communication by shutting down the listening. Being criticized or blamed or shamed, threatened or yelled at, feels like an attack. And when we feel attacked, we disconnect. Disconnect and defend by fighting, which would be resisting, or fleeing, which would be ignoring. And when we're defending, there's no attention or motivation for listening. So keeping in mind that apologizing can be part of respectful communication. So apologize if it's necessary. And respect. The second area is the active listening. I heard a phrase, and maybe you've heard it before, but the phrase is, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And the connection starts with respect and active listening. If there is disrespectful communication going on or people are feeling as if you don't care when you speak to them, it's almost like a light switch goes off. There's just the disconnection. Click, switched off, moving on to other thoughts. So that connection really does start with respect, the act of listening, and then through the communication. That's how you can build the relationship or repair the relationship or make the relationship stronger. Cooperation comes from connection. And we've heard it before with all of us with our electronics. The connection also takes place by putting down what you have in your hands and maintaining eye contact. Maybe even making body contact if that seems appropriate. 
Rushing to jump in with solutions, ideas, or lectures can put people off. Often people just need a sounding board. Sometimes it's just a matter of getting the thoughts out of their head in order to clear them out. So just being a sounding board. Active listening can also involve listening for what I call representational system predicates. What does that mean? Well, 60% of people are visual. So if you're listening to the words that they're using, if someone's visual, visual, they might say, well, you see what I'm talking about? If they're more auditorially connected, they say, you hear what I'm saying? So you're listening for words that would indicate how they hear things so that you can use similar words. Using similar words in the way that they understand or the way that they hear things helps for a stronger connection. There are different ways that people can can test which are their predominant ways of learning. One way that I like to use when I meet with hypnotherapy clients is I ask my clients to close their eyes, and don't do this right now if you're driving, but to close your eyes and think of a bell ringing. And the question then is, did you hear it? Did you see it? Or did you feel the vibration? And whatever the response is, is usually an indication of your representational system predicate or the way that you learn. And it offers the opportunity for you to speak their language. Active listening also involves what I call different levels of listening. There are three different levels that I think about. Level one is the subjective. It's everyday listening. It's listening from the perspective of the listener, not the speaker. And it's based on the agenda or the needs of the listener and rarely satisfies, satisfies the person who's speaking. An example might be, oh, I had the toughest time trying to get myself up a half hour earlier to take my morning walk. And the response from the subjective listener would sound like, oh, you just have to force yourself. Whenever I have something to do that I don't want to do, I just remember like the Nike commercial, just do it. There's a lot of literal or implied, you should do this. And just as an aside, I always, I always get a, a little kick out of the, the shoulds. When somebody says to me, you know what you should do? I usually respond, yes, actually I do. <laughs> I just get a little kick out of it. So level two listening is objective. The listener is completely focused on the speaker. It's not about how the information relates to the listener. It's definitely a step in the right direction. Maybe misses the heart, but it's absolutely in the right direction. Using that same example again, if we said, oh, I had the toughest time trying to get myself up a half hour earlier to take my morning walk, the objective listener would say, oh, you had a struggle, but you did it. Congratulations. The third level of listening is the intuitive listening and focusing on the person and the content, getting the real meaning, listening for the tone of voice, the energy level, the feelings, also listening for what isn't being said. And in that example, I had the toughest time trying to get myself up a half hour earlier to take my morning walk. The third level intuitive listening would be more extensive and it sounds like... That listener would say, it sounds like you really want to do this, but are so exhausted that you find it challenging and maybe even a little frustrating. It's really connecting on a feeling level. So those are the three levels of listening. So we have respect and active listening so far. I also mentioned words to eliminate. So what words would we eliminate from our vocabulary? The have-tos, the could-haves, and the shoulds. 
particularly removing them from your self-talk. When we use those words, it simply implies an obligation and resentment on some level is usually the underlying emotion. Instead, if you think of, I choose to, you can think of, I choose to. And if it doesn't fit or resonate with you, then you can move on. It's an option to think of and to use instead of the shoulds. Oh, I really should go here. I really should do this. I could. I could. Then it becomes a choice. And once something becomes a choice, there's no more resentment because you're owning that choice. Another word, which I think might get a little, ruffle a little feathers here, is I encourage you to eliminate the word try. But only in certain situations, if we're trying new foods, if we're trying something new. The reason why I hesitantly say eliminate the word try is because you either do or you don't. In hypnosis, for example, when I use the word try, it's an order to allow for failure. When we say try, it gives that opportunity for fair. Oh, I'll, I'll try. I'll try to be there on time. So it's the matter of making that decision. Either you do or you don't. And when I use it in hypnosis, an example might be in a session for pain management. If you try to feel the pain, you find it's not there. So it's an opportunity to show that that trying is failure. And that's a good thing in hypnosis for something like that. So... Consider the word try, how you use it, being aware of the word, and making the decision when you're saying it. Is this something that I'm choosing to do or choosing not to do? There again is the choice and the opportunity to own it, reducing the resentment. Another word to consider eliminating is the word but. And maybe some of you have heard this before. But the word but means except for or on the other hand. And when we use it, it cancels out everything that was said just prior to using that word but. You can replace the word but with and or finish the sentence and start a new sentence. An example, I know your work is important to you, but I need to get my work done too. So what's being said is I need to get my work done. So another way, another way to phrase that is, I know your work is important to you, as mine is to me. How can we get this worked out? There's the opportunity for the connection. There's the, pos- the positive, constructive connection. Far more likely to have an, a conversation that works in a forward momentum, a positive motion, than consistently using that but. There's another word not but i'm going to save that one for a little later because of how it's processed in the brain we'll get to that so respect active listening words to eliminate what about self-awareness and button pushing i'll tell you from my opinion i think that preventing yourself from getting your buttons pushed is one of the most difficult things that we can do particularly for those people that really know how to push our buttons. If you are in a state where you can be aware that someone is pushing your buttons and respond instead of reacting, that's a really good thing, and you can pat yourself on the back for it. It takes time, it takes awareness, and sometimes it takes that dissociation from the event, that objectivity, and practice. It is a matter of practice and making progress. But if you take us in that 
taking um, some objectivity and getting some space from it, just stop and breathe two very big important steps and ask yourself how appropriate is my reaction for this situation and then you can adjust your thinking and your reaction as appropriate so responding versus reacting that's listening before answering is what responding is react reacting implies that we have no control it's just immediate like the fight or flight reaction that we have that's programmed into us as humans that's a reaction almost a matter of safety that defensive safety and responding is the opportunity to really listen and answer that thought that's going to your head which is also why it's important to breathe because when you're breathing as we talked about a couple weeks ago taking that nice deep breath actually actually puts the oxygen back in your brain so that you can think and respond If you're in that reaction mode, there might not be a whole lot of thinking going on. Take that deep breath, get the oxygen to your brain, and think it through. When we're thinking about words, we think far, far faster than we can ever speak. So while this sounds like a lot of time to do it, you take that breath, and you can have a whole conversation in your head in that 10 seconds it takes to have that breath. You have a tremendous opportunity if you can be aware enough to take that breath and respond differently. The next thing I want to talk about is remembering that it's not personal. What people say is about them. What we hear is about us. I'm going to repeat that. What people say is about them. What we hear is about us. So when people are talking to us, we have a huge window of opportunity in understanding them. So if we're the listener, listening to somebody, being that intuitive listener, that level three listener, and understanding where that person is coming from offers a huge opportunity for that connection. And remember, when the connection is made, the communication has a far better chance of taking place. And nothing is ever personal. Nothing is ever personal. Hard to think about sometimes when things feel so personal, but it's not. It's about the speaker. So acknowledging and validating as part of positive communication. Things like, oh, don't worry about it, or you're overreacting. How about you're being too sensitive? All of those things invalidate what a person is feeling. By brushing them off, we give the message that his or her feelings are not important. Even if they don't make sense to us. They don't have to make sense to us. Acknowledging shows that we understand what the speaker means. And validating it shows that it makes sense that he or she feels that way. It's really that simple. And... Possible approaches for acknowledging. Well, how do you acknowledge somebody, what they're saying? There's an opportunity to repeat it back. Like a feeder line would be, so what you're saying is, or so when you do this, this happens. Let me see if I get this. I'm hearing you say that. Let me give that back to you so I can make sure I got it. When you do that, 
the speaker that you're trying to understand, if you don't have it right, they will correct you, which affords you the opportunity to really understand. Plus, you're making that connection because that individual now knows that you're trying to understand. And as far as validating, validating approaches can be, I can understand why you would feel that way or you responded that way. Or it completely makes sense why you would feel that way. Anyone in your situation would likely feel the same way. The reason why these validating approaches work, it's because it affords the, the speaker to, it normalizes the whole situation. And everybody, as anthropologically, we want to always feel like we're part of a group. And by normalizing it, it makes them feel that they're part of a group that we understand even if we're not the same. It's that understanding that connects us. So validating gives you another link, another link to that connection. And the last thing that I talk about is changing the energy. I call them switch phrases. If we think it's about success orientation and reframing what we hear. So if somebody says that something is 20% bad, we also know that it means 80% good. There's an opportunity to state what you're willing to do rather than what you're not willing to do. Stating your needs as opposed to their needs. An example, rather than saying, well, you need to do this in order for me to be happier. It's, I need this. This is what I need. When I'm sure if you think about the statement of, oh, you need to do whatever it is. I almost can hear a defiant person in my head saying, oh, no, I don't. (laughs) So there really is an opportunity because it is about your needs. As far as the energy words, I think of low energy words like bad and problem and replacing them with things like good or you're welcome If you think about a low energy word right now, think of bad, think of forget, think of worry, think of effort, think of hard. Notice where you feel that in your body. Where do you feel those words? And then think about the words good, welcome, fine, energy, easy, well. Where do you feel those in your body? How do they resonate through your body? And that's what I mean in terms of low energy and high energy words. Instead of saying something like, that's bad, there's an opportunity to say that's not good. Don't worry becomes you'll be fine. Put some effort into it becomes put some energy into it. It's too hard becomes it's not easy. And I'm sick becomes I don't feel well. How about forget? I forget becomes I didn't remember. My kids will like that one. I've been working hard becomes I've been working well. And don't cry becomes that's right. That's right. So a bit earlier I talked about the word not and the potential for eliminating that from your vocabulary. And... To think of it in terms of no and don't and not. 
the subconscious mind doesn't really process the negative commands. If I say to you, do not think of a white elephant with pink spots dancing on a stage. Do not think of the number 832. Your mind can't process what's not. It simply responds to the keyword that you give it. You think about kids that you've seen when, when a parent or an adult says, don't touch that. What's the immediate response? It's to touch it. So if you think about what we said earlier about focusing on what you want rather than what you don't want, saying your needs rather than their needs, don't touch that becomes, you know, please come here or put your hands behind your back or um, please go stand over there. I'm thinking of a funny story right now that uh, I actually heard someone talking about who was driving a bus. And the bus driver, I guess, was taking kids to a basketball game. And there's a boy that got on the bus, or a girl, doesn't even matter, said, you know, you can't throw that ball on the bus. So what did the child start to do? He started rolling the ball down the aisle of the bus. So when we think about all the things to say don't to do or what not to do, the list could be endless, and it's almost as if we could never cover everything. So isn't it easier and more efficient and more to the point and more about your needs and more positive to just say, please keep the ball on your lap? No confusion. Anything else other than that is an undesired. So if saying what the bus driver wants rather than trying to cover all of the possible things that he doesn't want. Similarly, when we talk about communication and speaking with each other, don't yell at me can become, please speak to me respectfully. Make sense? So we're opening up the phone lines. Please give a call. If there's anything that you have an issue with in terms of communication and speaking respectfully, positive communication, please call in. If you have an opportunity or have used any of these, these things, using respect, seeing the difference in your communication by active listening, respect, uh, changing the energy, share that too. As much as this program is about information that I can share with you, it's a dialogue so that everyone can bring information to each other. So the number again to call is 732-748-1079. We're taking your calls right now. Love to hear about your opportunities for respectful, positive communication. In addition to the times when or a situation when you need a little bit of assistance, some coaching around it. So while we're waiting for the calls to come in, uh, we're just going to take a break. Be right back. Thanks very much. For those of you who are retired or close to 
to it. Have you taken the time to conduct a safe withdrawal rate analysis? If you're like me, you've spent a lifetime saving for retirement, and now you want to make sure that it lasts. Few things are more important to the long-term success of your financial plan than choosing an appropriate withdrawal rate, and establishing that rate early on can make all the difference. The investment advisors at North Star Asset Management in Panther Valley can help you determine what withdrawal rate is right for you. They've been working with retirees in the area for the past 30 years. For more information, the number to call is 908-850-9991. That's 908-850-9991. And now, back to Here's the Thing, a show that's all about you on WOLD. And your host, Lord Cardinal, a board-certified hypnotist and results coach. If you'd like to speak to Lauren, you can call in at 732-748-1079. That's 732-748-1079. Let's get back to the show with your host, Lauren Cardinal. Hi, we're back with the show. So again, open up the phone lines for people who want to call in, 732-748-1079. It's an opportunity to bring up any issues you're having with communication, something you want to work through. Think about how to to work through it a little bit better, a different approach to things. Taking your calls, love to hear from you. Obviously, without calls, I just have to assume that everybody is having perfect communication out there, right? So, and if that's the case, then call in and tell me about it. I want to hear about the, the successful communication that you're having. It's good for everyone to hear the successes as well as working through the challenges. So 732-748-1079. And remember, if you're feeling a little bit nervous or hesitant about calling in, just use a different name. You can always email me by going to the WOLDradio.com website. Look for the on-air heading at the top and then click on my picture to get to my website or email me directly. You can use those links during the week as well. And if you'd like coaching around your specific issue or just want to learn more about hypnosis or book a session, you can reach me at 973-418-2170. That's 973-418-2170. So while we're waiting for the phone calls to come in, I wanted to ask you to consider something. Uh, last week we did a little bit of a, of a practice of three boxes, using three boxes for an issue, putting some things in the box that are the facts about a situation, putting some things in the box that are things from other people, and then the third box are the things that are all about you in that situation. And the first two boxes can be thrown away because obviously you don't have control over those. You have control over yourself and for making changes. So we did that exercise last week. This week, we'll do a little bit of a different exercise. And if you're in a place where it makes sense and it's safe for you to close your eyes, you can feel free to do that. And I just want you to go to a time in your past where there's something that you didn't agree with something that bothered you or something that something that you begin to produce a feeling of conflict or even anger and let your mind go back and remember that time right now perhaps you're already there maybe your mind's going to different scenarios or different memories just find one of them where you actually did get angry perhaps you lost your temper And without feeling any regret or any guilt right now, you're going to be an observer. 
You're going to teach yourself something. So the way you're going to observe this is that you're going to remove yourself from the feeling and watching it as if you're a third person. So notice right now as if you're the third person, just noticing the interaction when you're getting angry. Notice the movements, the facial expressions. If your body moves around, what direction it goes. Notice the intensity of your voice. Notice the reaction of anyone who else who might be around. And this is for your mind to learn. You simply observe from a very neutral standpoint how it is that you used to react when you got angry. You notice on some level that the things that triggered you to get angry, the movements and expressions and the voice levels that intensified with anger, observe this because this is the opportunity to learn. This is the opportunity to change. So now, just let that scene in front of you just begin to melt and open your eyes if they were closed. And think about what you're able to understand in that scenario. Big opportunity for learning, learning about yourself, what you needed in that situation. And if you were to go back to that situation and close your eyes and approach that situation as yourself again, how would you do it differently? How would you respond differently? What would you say? What would your body language be? How would you make that connection? That learning that you get in that scenario is your opportunity to bring it to other situations in your life. That awareness, that objectivity, that distance, that's your opportunity to stop and breathe. That's the insight that you can get by doing that. Excellent. So taking your call, 732-748-1079. Call in. Let's talk. So earlier I was talking about the representational system predicates, the languages that we use. I'm just going to read off a couple more words just to understand uh, when you're trying to speak the language of the person that you're talking to. If the person is visual... They might use words like uh, envision, glance, focus, imagine, look, notice, picture, see, visible. If they're auditory, you might hear things like announce, articulate, be all ears, I'm deaf. You hear, they're in tune with, they listen loud. Noisy, outspoken. They might even use the words quiet to notice the difference between the loud and the quiet. Silent, soft, talk, tell, verbalize. If someone is kinesthetic, meaning they're out of, uh, they, they connect from a feeling perspective, they might use words like catch my drift, catch on, explore, feel. Get a grasp, get a hold of, get in touch, get the hang of. In my gut, have a funny feeling. 
if things are heated, inhale, make contact, reach out, sense, smell, smooth, taste, touch base. If somebody's auditory digital, they might say, analyze, balance, be conscious of, call to mind, come to mind, comprehend, consider, decide, evaluate, judge, know, learn about, logical, make sense of, plan, process, sort out, think, understand. So those are all listings of words that people use in the different types of language and if you are hear them saying any of those words it gives you opportunity to understand the language that they're speaking and use similar words back to make that connection when we talk about high energy words optimistic words as compared to low energy words let's start with the low energy words And if you have the opportunity and it's safe, you can close your eyes to see how you feel these words in your body, the low energy words. Afraid, angry, anxiety, bad, broke, cheap, control, criticize, doubt, failure, expensive, guilt, lose, mean, problem, Rule, reduce, stupid, weak, worry. Where do you feel those in your body? Most likely in your stomach or your chest. It's very heavy. If we talk about the optimistic words, the high energy words, words like achieve, beautiful, believe, choice, dream, easy, energy, enthusiasm, Funny, happy, humor, improve, knowledge, money, positive, release, results, smart, success, thanks, and value. Different feeling in our bodies when we say that. I can even feel it when I talk. I almost have a, maybe you can even hear that I have a smile on my face when I say these words because they're just high energy words. I love that. Okay, so I'm going to read an example for you, something that I have here about how using high-energy words and low-energy words can sound different in a conversation. So we have, good morning, John. How are you? Not bad. I was pretty sick over Christmas, and I'm still trying to shake it off. I always get sick this time of year. It gets me really depressed. Poor you. That stinks. Did you get that flu that's going around? It's a really nasty one this time. Everyone's catching it. It seems to last for weeks because you think it's gone, and then it comes back. It's hard to get rid of. Anyway, I've got the book you've ordered. It's a bit expensive. $25, I'm afraid. Oh, I'm a bit broke right now. So do you mind if I get the money to you after I get paid next week? Or will a post-dated check do? Don't worry. I know it's really hard right now. The economy's always down every January. Whatever works for you is fine. Thanks very much. No problem. See you later. Bye. So now let's take that conversation and put in some high-energy words. Good morning, John. Are you well? Actually, I'm much better. I was not well at Christmas, so I've decided to get healthy for the new year. Great. 
I wish you success. I've got terrific news for you. The book you ordered has arrived. It's $25. Wonderful. Can I collect it next week? I'll have more money by then. Sure, whatever works for you is fine. I'll see you soon. Thanks a million. You're very welcome, John. Bye. See how that just sounds different? It's just a few word changes, but you can almost feel the energy, the difference in the energy between these two conversations. So right now, I'm told we have Susan listening online in Randolph, New Jersey. Hi, Susan. Hi, Lauren. How are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? doing well enjoying your show oh thank you thanks for calling in so what's on your mind so i try to be a positive person and communicate in that manner but Mm -hmm. i sometimes have an issue with a close family member who is typically negative okay and negative in what way We'll focus on the negativity in a situation instead of what went well, or always focusing on illnesses of, you know, people that I don't even know. And I I don't mean to sound cold-hearted or anything like that, but it's more always talking about, um, I guess, just, yeah, just being negative. She talked about a neighbor that came to her house. It was nice to see her, but then she had to go into everything that one of her children has been going into, or she'll be judgmental of another situation that another friend is going into, and just constant negativity instead of trying to look on the positive side of of life. And I've communicated to her before about, um, you know, trying to look on the brighter side of things and be more optimistic instead of pessimistic, but it doesn't seem to... It's almost like she's the type of person that thrives on it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's... I don't know how to handle... Oh, and it sounds like you're pretty exhausted. Yeah, I am. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, so, it's... You're presenting to her the opportunity for the for a positive or looking at things from a positive perspective, and she's staying in the negative then there certainly is a benefit to her. Um, People change when the change outweighs the benefit that they're certainly receiving. So there is a benefit. Otherwise, she would be more willing to change. So within that, if we take take a look at this and look at the opportunity of what her, her, what she's saying means for her, the window of opportunity and understanding her, what do you think that's about for her? I think it's almost like a misery-less company. I think she's unhappy within her own situation. Mm-hmm. And perhaps it, it makes her... She's not a mean-spirited person, but I think on some level it helps her to feel better. Mm-hmm. Um, sure, so yeah. she's not the only one. So perhaps maybe she doesn't feel understood. Or that there's an opportunity to... Oh, well, it sounds like you've, you've keyed right in on her that she's not very happy. Right. And so the benefit for you as someone who's listening mm-hmm. could be to meet her there. And instead of approaching it from the... Showing her the positive side, which she's already shown she's not really willing to see at this point. To reach her at that level, the deeper level of 
you know, the what's going on. What's why I, you're sounding like you're unhappy. What what's there for you? Because you, it sounds like you're pretty empathetic and understanding that, and you feel for her, obviously, that to reach her, you've already made that connection. The fact that she's sharing this information with you, she's comfortable with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So to approach it from a level of meeting her where she is, if she opens up there, she might find that relief. Okay. And you mentioned family member. How how close is this family member? How often do you see? I'm just trying to think in terms of proximity and um, you maintaining your boundaries in this situation. Well, it's my mother. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, it's, you know, I love her to pieces and I would do anything for her. It's just, um, I find it stressful. Sure. Be around. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> and have you ever have you ever come come to her and just said this is this is what I need, this is what I'm feeling, and this is what I need. I, I said to her uh, in in the sense of you know, mom, if it's someone that we know, if it's a family member, certainly I want to be made aware if someone's ill or what have you or. You know, needs to be on my prayer list, but if it's almost essential gossiping, I guess you could almost boil it down to in a way. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't really see the, the value in learning that. And there's so many other things that we could be talking about this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then after that, she would make a comment. She'd start to tell me something. Oh, oh, well, you don't want to hear about that. So going around in circles. So you've shared the things that you don't want to hear, but you almost, you don't feel heard. I, I don't. And, you know, part of me says, well, be, uh, it's not that I want to change her, but I was, I was hoping I could help to redirect her a little bit. Um, yeah, I, don't, I just don't think I'm going about it the right way. Well, there's the opportunity to redirect or change somebody else is only there if they want to change. So the best opportunity is for you to work on you. And if it sounds like you've communicated your needs to her about what you do and essentially don't want to participate in. And because it's your mom, it is difficult to get some distance. Last week I I talked about um, a phrase that I like to use of appreciating the lion without walking into the lion's den. However, when it's your mother... You're a little bit closer to that den. Yes. Particularly if in every other facet you have a good relationship with your mother. So it's not like the the need for disconnection is there. So then it becomes what can you do for yourself to maintain you so that you don't have that exhaustion. And understand that she's doing the best that she can. You've stated your, your needs and your desires. And if she's not hearing you, you... There's only so far you can go to make her understand. So the opportunity is there that you will continue to have that feeling of not being heard. The opportunity is also there for you to find ways to protect yourself in those situations so you can maintain your energy and not take offense to it. 
How does that sound to you? No, it, it, it sounds good. I was, I was listening to your exercise before about putting yourself in that situation, how you feel. Mm-hmm. And I was what's prompted me to pick up the phone and call you because that's how, when I went, was going to the exercise with you a few minutes ago, I felt my chest tighten. I felt that stress kind of release in my body. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I mean, I said, well, how do I course correct myself? Um, I and, a little bit better. Maybe I need to have another discussion with her. How did you handle it in that situation when we did the, uh, the, the change and going back and changing the situation? I took a deep breath and I changed the subject with her. Okay. And how do you think that would work with her now? I need to try it. <laughs> um, I need to try it. I definitely need to try it. And does it sound, it sounds reasonable to have that approach? It does, and I, I think what you said, too, about having more empathy for what she's going through, I need to be more mindful of. I mean, she does have some things going on, so I do need to, I do need to be cognizant of that. So that was a good point. And understanding also that empathy is the key word. It's empathy as opposed to sympathy, because the sympathy is what sucks you in. That's, that's the lion's den. Empathy is understanding, but not being a part of it so that you don't get dragged into it. More objectivity. Okay. There's still the opportunity to make that connection and hear her with empathy, just avoiding that sympathy. Is it, it's a beautiful piano in the background. Oh. Lovely to hear. Thank you. <laughs> so, My son who doesn't realize I'm on a radio show right now. Oh, okay. Well, we like it. That's good. Thank you. So, I'm going to ask if there, you think there'll be an opportunity to give this a try this week with your mom. Oh, for certain. Okay. <laughs> then if you would, just either email me or give me a call next week during the show and let us know how it went and what, if any, tweaks we need to make to the process so that she's feeling heard, you're feeling heard, and more importantly, you maintain your energy levels in the conversation so you can continue with this relationship. Oh, great. You gave me some advice. Thank you. And what's your email again? I didn't write it down before. My email directly is Lauren, L-A-U-R-E-N, at laurencardinal.com. And Cardinal is C-A-R-D-I-N-A-L-E. Like the bird, but with an E on the end. Okay, great. Great. I'll let you know. Thanks very much, Susan. Thanks for calling. Thank you. Okay. Okay. Bye. And we have Rachel calling in from South Plainfield. Ah, she's calling us back. Hi, Rachel from week one. How are you? I'm good, Lauren. How are you? Good. It's good to hear from you. Thank you. I was busy a little bit last week, but I was listening. Oh, great, great. So let us know how th- how, th- how are things going. Well, I'm trying not to overthink so much. It's kind of hard when you're so used to it, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I do catch myself, you know more so now and I try to you know like like you say take a deep breath count to ten and try to you know calm myself down a little bit and think different thoughts and try to get my brain going in the opposite direction um I have been journaling great um the one thing I will tell you that I do put in is I put capital letters and I did highlight is have patience do not overthink and Time, time will be the one to tell off. 
So you're, you have the opportunity to set the tone, to take that breath and think about what you want to say. You have that opportunity. And it's about setting your intention, too. What do you want to have come out of that conversation? Which actually is a nice lead-in because that's going to be next week's show is the power of setting intention. But thinking about what you want to have from that conversation with anybody. How you want to feel at the end of any conversation. Taking a breath and reminding yourself of how you want to feel at the end of that before you even start. Oh, I never thought of it that way. How does that sound? Is it, is it reasonable? Yeah, I'm always so worried about actually having the conversation how to start and approach the conversation, mm-hmm. you know, that you, you, lose, you lose sight of what you're actually trying to accomplish. Right. Gotcha. Yeah. I will, I, will, I will try that. I will even say, you know, at the end of this conversation, I'd like us both to feel like this. So let's talk about that. Excellent. Excellent. It's usually my kids on Friday, but it could be anybody. Okay, excellent, excellent. So, Audra, will you give us a call back next week and let us know how it goes? Absolutely, absolutely. Fantastic, great. Thank you, Lauren. Thanks for the call, Audra. Okay, bye. Bye. So, that's about it for tonight. Thank you, everyone, for listening. I want to thank all of our callers. Thank you to our listeners. In closing, I saw this quote that I wanted to share with you. A bird sitting on a tree is never afraid of the branch breaking because its trust is not in the branch, but in its own wings. Always believe in yourself. I'd like to thank my sponsor, North Star Asset Management. I'd like to thank our callers, and I'd like to thank you for listening. Join me next week. You don't want to miss the show. Set the reminder on your phone because next week's topic is the power of intention. Because here's the thing. This is about you and you making your best life. Until we meet next week, smile and enjoy. Good night.